0: Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. What an amazing blessing. Uh, We are so thankful. Give mums a big round of applause, please. What I was really excited by this morning is that um, as you saw little Micah doing worship, and she was so, she was just into it. She was just into it with the the singing and jumping around, which is really encouraging. But she came to me this morning when I was in the kitchen, and she comes to me and she says that she was just, she was so proud. She was just, just booming in enthusiasm. She comes up and she goes, Hi, Uncle Joe. I said, hello, Mike, how are you? She did, she just goes, my mother is serving. Just, it was like, you know, and she was just, she was just beaming because she saw the example her mum set in regarding, I'm going to step up and serve. And then Penny walks in and Penny's like, how you going? And like, you know, and I was saying, you know what? Your mum, I I don't, I have no understanding of what takes place at the table. Your mum is so smart. And she's going, yes. She was just so, and I was like, wow, that was so cool. And Audrey was just standing there. <laughs> but it was really cool. But that—that that is a really great example of what I wanna share about with you today. And it's what's called, what I've labeled today's sermon, the value of mothers. The value of mothers. And if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter three. Now, the example that I'm gonna look at Well, look, please please don't take this the wrong way. Um, The the character we're gonna look at today from Matthew chapter three, one, um, isn't a mother, two, isn't even a woman. But there are some amazing similarities between the call placed on this particular individual's life and the call placed on your life as a parent, as a spouse, as a child, as an employee, whatever it might be, the call that is placed on your life As a child of God. And that particular person from Matthew chapter 3 is John the Baptist. We're going to look at a couple of points, just a couple of points, and then a few other things as well after that, which are connected with it. But in it, I want you to be able to see the comparisons between the calling and the role and the things that a mother does in comparison to how the call, responsibility, and the things entrusted to John the Baptist as well. And what I want you to do, not, it's not just because you're a mum. I'm, I'm addressing just you today, I'm addressing everybody today, because we all have this call placed in our lives. We all have a role placed on our lives by the creator of the universe. And it's a matter of, are we heeding as to what he has to say and how we're responding to that? So before we get underway, um, are we okay for the video? Now, we've got a video just some of the, um, some of the families put together uh, to say Happy Mother's Day. Because I didn't actually ask all of the parents um, whether I could play it online, we're not showing it online, it's just going to be here. Um, I think you'll just hear it on, online, so online, if you want to see the video, you should have come to church. So, um, so we're going <laughs> to, so, sorry, <laughs> please forgive me, okay, I say, so uh, we'll watch this video and then we'll get into the message, Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry about everybody. All right. So as I shared before, we're going to look at several things from John the Baptist. Let me open a word of prayer and we'll look at this passage together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much that we get to celebrate the blessing and the gift of mothers. For those of us who no longer have our mothers with us, I pray that you'll grant us comfort That you'll grant us just remembrance of the the wonderful influence they've had in our lives. For those whose mothers are still here with us, I pray that we will appreciate them, that we will thank you for them, that we will pray and intercede on their behalf, and that we'll do our best to support them in the roles that they have in our lives. Please teach us from your word this morning as we look at your scriptures, reveal to us the truths that you desire us not only hear, but to learn and apply in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, so we have we have John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Now, the reason why I'm associating this with mothers, one, I'm not calling mothers hairy men, okay? Neither am I calling mothers who wear animal skins and live out in the middle of the desert who eat locusts and wild honey. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not associating you with John the Baptist in that sense. What I do want to look at in John the Baptist is how he reveals how closely as he fulfills his call and his role in his life that God has placed, how closely that aligns with the call and the role that you have as mums. For example, if you look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, I've titled it this, the value of mothers is manifest in the understanding of your role the value of mothers is manifest or shown in your understanding of your role and once again that applies to everybody not just mums but we're looking at mums today now read with me from verses 1 to 3 of Matthew chapter 3 in those days john the baptist came preaching in the wilderness of judea and saying repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near This is he who who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So here we have this guy, John, appears in the wilderness of Judea. He is preaching a message of repentance. He's preaching a message of the kingdom of God and that it is nearby. Now we're given more detail about this particular period of John's life in John chapter 1 verses 29 to 34. John the Baptist who testifies to who Jesus is and to what his purpose is in coming. Here he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John 1 29. So prior to this encounter with Jesus, when Jesus is introduced by John, John is questioned by the religious leaders of the day. They're curious as to who this guy is that is out here preaching this message of repentance and baptizing people in the Jordan River. They're like, who is this guy? And if you read in verse 20 of of chapter one, they ask him this, are you the Messiah? And he says, no. Then in verse 21 of John chapter one, they ask, well, then are you Elijah? And he says, no. And then they ask him, well, are you that prophet or the prophet, which is an Old Testament reference to the Messiah? And he says, no. And then they ask, well, who are you then? And this is what he says, which is what we referred to before in chapter three, verse three of Matthew. He is the voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Now have a look at this. There is no misunderstanding of his role. There is no discontent resulting in some sort of selfish longing. He knew what he was. What was he? He was a voice crying out in the wilderness. He knew that he was like the curtain raiser to the main event. He was like the, the, the opening act for the headliner. He knew what his role was. And he was there to prepare a way for Jesus. If you have a look in those days, whenever there was a person of royalty, whether it be King David or or King Solomon, whether it be uh, King Josiah, whenever they were going to another land, whenever they're going to actually be representing their country by visiting other nobles or other royalty, they would always send someone to prepare the way. They would always send a herald who would go forth and say, behold, my, 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 my sovereign comes. So John the Baptist knew that he was the precursor. He knew he was the herald to go forth and prepare the way for Jesus. And what's really interesting is this. How is this similar to mums? You have been given the privilege of preparing the souls of your children for the receiving of Jesus. I mean, you prepare them in so many ways already. You, you prepare them in, in how to conduct themselves, how to dress themselves, how to, how to feed themselves, how, how to use their manners, how to, how to interact with their siblings, how, how not to hit people or how to hit people, depending on the parenting that you have. But you're preparing your children in such a way for them to conduct themselves in a way that is an, an upright and upstanding person within society. And so... Why is mother so valuable in that area? If you remember two weeks ago in Aunt Easter Camp, remember the whole quantity versus quality aspect that Henry Earl shared with us? How he said, in relationships, it's quantity of time that results in those quality moments of parenting or those quality moments of relationship. I was talking with a guy at the gym actually this week and I shared that line with him. He's not a Christian guy, but I shared that line with him and he goes, you know what's really interesting? Because he's a very hard worker. Um, A Very hard worker. Really nice guy. And I've been trying to reach out to him. And so he was just sharing, what I've noticed is this, that my three boys have an amazingly close relationship with their mother. They open up to her about everything. When they have problems at school, they talk to her. When my eldest has an issue with relationships with his girlfriend, they talk to her. Whenever there's anything that comes up, they talk to her. And she says, when you shared that line with me about quantity and quality, I see it's because she's there. She's there, she's present. See, and, and, and this, is not, this is not discarding or dismissing the role that fathers play. Please don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is you as a mother have been given this amazing privilege, this amazing responsibility to have a child open up to you about everything and about Anything. I mean, who's the first person that you call out to? Oh, I still remember this. It's terrible. Like, please don't do this. One time my dad slept in my room because, you know, we, you know, we still laugh about this. But my dad was a very, very bad snorer. Like, And I'm, I was quite a late sleeper when I was young. I would have made about eight or nine. And he was snoring away and I couldn't get to sleep. And what I did, I got my pillow and I just threw it in the air in the direction of my dad. And it landed on his head. And so it went, once it hit and he was angry and I ran, I ran. It was maybe at two in the morning. I ran and I went straight to who? Mum. I went straight to mum's room. I hopped in the bed and I pretended to be asleep. asleep. My dad comes barreling in and yelling, where is he? Where is he? And then all I hear while I was pretending to be asleep was my mum whisper, Stan, Stan. It's okay, just go to sleep just go to sleep, he's asleep, leave him, leave him. And I was like, yeah, yeah. My dad would often remind me of that and to say that he never actually got me for it. So uh, yeah, yeah. But mum was the one where you found safety. Mum was the one that you opened up to. So you have this unique position whereby through your conduct... As a mother, through your involvement as a mother, through the position you have as a mother, through your love and through your compassion, through your understanding, through your acceptance, you can till the soil of your child's heart so that it is sensitive to the beautiful truths of the gospel. So it's sensitive to the love of Jesus toward them through you as mothers. You understand. That role, if you understand that role as you prepare them for life and for life's hardship, and it also includes them in, when you understand that role of preparation, it is preparation, it is, it is the overturning of the, the soil of the person's heart that makes it able to respond well to the gospel. Do you guys know what fellow ground is? Fellow ground, I know Pam would. Fallow ground, you've seen this. Have you seen people walk along a track along the field and slowly the uh, the grass dies where they're walking? You've all seen that? And eventually it just completely wears away and it's just this dirt path that is rock hard. That is fallow ground. What you have, the responsibility you have, not only as mothers but also as fathers, not only as parents, but as siblings, as grandparents, you have been given this wonderful opportunity to be able to overturn fallow ground, the hard path, the hard soil of a person's heart through your conduct, through the example that you set to receive that transforming message of Jesus' love for them. Proverbs chapter 1, verse eight says what? Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Uh, that's the second part. Of Proverbs 1 8. Why? Because Proverbs 22 6 if you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they are old, they shall not depart from it. See, that's the value of mothers and understanding your role. If you understand your role, if you understand how valuable that is, not only to your child's life, but to the life of your family, to the life of the community, to the life of the church, imagine the impact that you can make for the gospel in society in general as you raise your children in a godly way, as your children open up to you in a godly way. When my mom was on her deathbed, I remember talking with her, and she, she actually asked me this. And I, I was sharing this with a brother just recently. She asked me, like, you know, sometimes I wonder whether we did a good job as parents. And I said to her, you can see the evidence of your job is how, how, of how good a job you've done when you look at how we raised our kids. We've raised some good kids. We've raised some good kids. And, and that's a result of, of your influence in our lives as well. And it was being able to see that generation after generation take place. And prayerfully, our kids would do likewise. in in, in regards how they invest into the next generation also. But this is the value you have as mothers, to understand, understand that role you have, understand the precious lives that you have in your homes. But even just not in your homes, like I have so many aunties and uncles here. I have so many sisters in the Lord, older sisters. I, I look at my daughter and I see how the kids look up to her and the influence that you can have in their lives that when a woman or, or a little girl sees how a mother stands for herself or how a dad treats his wife or how a dad treats his mom, you know, the, the child's mum, then the child starts to learn. The child starts to learn. They start to learn, wow, look, that's how a man is supposed to treat a woman. That is how a woman is supposed to conduct herself in a marriage or whatever it might be or any particular situation. That's, that's the value of the role you have as a mum. Don't take it for granted. Cherish it. Embrace it and see what God will do through you in it. But that's the first thing. Understand your role. The second thing is this. The value of mothers is manifest in their unique individuality. That's in uh, verses four to six. Not all mothers are the same. Not all mothers look the same. Not all mothers act the same. Not all mothers react the same way or deal with problems the same way. And that is not a bad thing. It is in the uniqueness of your character that God, if you'll you'll allow him to, can work through. To work through that uniqueness. You can't throw, because people are different. I've shared this before, I'll share it again. The uniqueness of each individual here is how God meets us where we're at as individuals. We can't just take one blanket thing. And the same thing goes with our children. We can't just take one blanket solution and throw it over everybody and say, that fits everybody. It's not how it works. It's not how relationships work. How I relate to Pam is different to how I relate to Jono. How I relate to Ben is different to how I relate to Jimmy. How I relate to Nick is is different to how I relate to Uncle Mike. Everyone is different. The uniqueness, and you know this with children, you don't treat one child the same way that you treat another because they're different. And you'll see those differences in the video, which I think is really cool. But each of them is different, but it's in the uniqueness of your individual personality, your individual capacity, you see some amazing things take place. Actually, is the video ready? All right, watch the video now, and I want you to see the individuality of each of the kids but just how, how God is able to bless us and put a smile on our face through each of their individuality. So with that, we'll pause. It's gonna go dark on screen for a bit. You can listen to it. You can't even listen to it. I like that one at the end. Who's the prettiest? <laughs> me. It's me. No one else. But, yeah. but what, what, what I like, you see the individuality of, of each of the children? And see, even as mums, what I found interesting with mums is how you're actually very sensitive to each of those individual aspects. You know how one child is different from the other. You know how you interact with each of them. I would like to do a big props. Give, the, give props to the guys for actually getting their kids. When I, when I actually sent out the message, I would like to get a message from your kids just saying, Happy Mother's Day. The amount of messages I got back was, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Hence Kenny in the car. <laughs> and I like, Zach at the, I like Zach at the end. Yeah, I'm finished. I'm done. But now I'm very curious about our sister Helen's garden. Yeah, I was like, okay, we're gonna to have to come over to our sister Helen's garden and just have a look and see how, how well she takes care of that for her family. Sponsored by Bunnings from the, from the, from the look of it. But... Here's the thing, with, with each of your unique individuality, you have to ask yourself one thing, mums, and even dads, even individuals, Just you need to ask, ask yourself this one interesting question regarding your unique individuality, the way God has made you. Does your individuality, your uniqueness, line up with God's will, not only for your life, but for the life of your kids? Does it fall into a line with God's heart and God's heartbeat, Are you more sensitive to what the Spirit is is moving, how He's directing you, how He's moving you for the extending of His kingdom, for the promotion of the gospel, for the investing into or the tilling of your children's heart? Because your conduct, your reactions, especially in the differing circumstances, well, that portrays to your children what you really believe about God. I've seen Penny. And you see the the pride in in Micah's eyes as she sees her mother step out by faith. Which means also this, this is not on Penny, but on, on everybody, which means also this, when there are times of stress, how you respond, once again, reflects what you really believe about God. How you trust, how you rely, how you depend, where you go to for the solutions, whether it's you look into the word of God or whether you look into yourself. They see how much you value the reality of who God is in your life by what you do, by the choices that you make, by the example that you set. So you know you got you to ask yourself when you look at, for example, okay, are you a woman? Are you as a woman, whether single or married, whether a mother or not? Are you adorned in the the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight? according to 1 Peter 3, 4. Is that what your children see? Are you clothed with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God? In 1 Peter two ten, that when your children look at you, do, you, do they see you clothed in, in compassion, clothed in grace, clothed in righteousness? In other words, when your children see you, do they see those qualities of humility and acceptance, of, of mercy and forgiveness? Are they manifest in your conduct? Because in such an example as this, it tills the soil of your children's hearts in preparation for the gospel. This is why a mother is so valuable. Are you a woman, whether single or wife or mother, do you feed on the bread of life and find sustenance and contentment in the promises of God's word, casting aside all the, the shallow and unsatisfying, zero nutritional offerings that the world offers? Are you soaking up the spiritual milk of the word so that you may grow thereby, according to 1 Peter 2.2? Or not even the milk of the word. Are you, are you feeding on the solid food of God's word that is for the mature and who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. One of the great things, so I've learned how to cook. I wouldn't call myself a good cook, but I've learned how to cook. My wife is a great cook. So when I, when I follow all the recipes and I do this, my wife can taste something and think it needs this. And she'll go bang, bang, bang. It's, it's exponentially better than what I did. I think that's, that's amazing. That's what, she is, that's what she is able to do as mothers, as fathers, as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we need to be equipped within the Scriptures. We need to be fed upon the Word of God so that when any situation comes up, we are able to then toss in this promise or that promise, claim this reality, this spiritual truth or that spiritual truth, because your children see that. Your children see that and they think, wow, look at the reality of God and in my mom's life. Look at the reality of God in my dad's life. That's amazing. And from that, from that example, in other words, your children see where you go to find your security. They see where you go to find your value or your identity. They see where you go, where you find your purpose, whether it's from the local talk show host, whether it's from your Instagram feed, whether it's from some social media account, or whether it's from the beauty of the scriptures and the relationship of knowing your Lord and Savior personally. For such an example as this toils the soil of your children's hearts in preparation for the gospel. This is why mothers are so valuable. Are you, as a woman, whether single or a wife or a mother, obeying the call of God in your life, as a wife that submits unto her own husband as unto the Lord? for this act of submission is exemplified in the example of Jesus Christ who submitted to his Father's will for the salvation of our souls and of the church's submission to him, Jesus Christ, as the head of the church. If you look at Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. In other words, obeying the scriptures, okay, ugh, obeying the scriptures in heart and expressed in conduct sets a standard that your children observe, a standard that defies the world's values, where the world says, it's all about me, where your value says, no, it's all about God. Where you said, I want what I want, you say, I want what God wants. We have a world that says it's all for number one, where we, as God's children, say it's all for Him, especially as our life falls In line with Jesus' will. For such an example as this toils the soil of your children's hearts in preparation for the gospel. This is why mothers are so valuable. Are you, as a woman, whether single, wife or mother, do you have a speech that is full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone, Colossians 4.6 whose tongue will proclaim God's righteousness and his praises all day long, Psalm 35, verse 28, and wield the word of God as words full of spirit and full of life, John six thirty-three, six sixty-three. sorry. See, with your speech, you can speak life into the lives of others, the edifying of the soul, the refocusing of the vision, the revival of the spirit as God fills you to overflowing. Have you seen the power of a word to a young child? Have you seen the power of an encouraging word? I I have seen my brother Jimmy. I have seen my brother Brad. I have seen my sister Joe. I have seen my wife and my daughter. And I've seen them with the kids. And I've seen them say just one encouraging thing. I have seen them say one blessing. Just have one little warm remark. And you see their eyes just light up. I was, I was there, I heard, once again, your daughter Penny, I heard, she just says to me, she was talking with me, not only telling me about, about you, but then at the end of it, she ends the conversation just going, I'm going to go find Auntie Faith. And she took off. I was mid-sentence. I was mid-sentence. And it was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. And she's gone, going to find my daughter. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm losing out. Really? I mean, she's a little girl talking to old man. That's fair enough. I understand that completely. I understand that completely. But that's, that's how life, like I've seen the way Faith speaks to these kids. I've seen the way their hearts light up. I've seen how excited they are to actually be around her. You saw her at camp. You saw her at camp. You saw Ethan, Ethan, just harassing everybody. Where's Auntie Faith? Where's Auntie Faith? Where's Auntie Faith? <laughs> to where, to where her, her mother comes up to me and apologizes. I think, I'm really sorry that my son, and she says, no, my, my daughter loves it. My, my daughter loves it. And so just, just little things like that. That's, that's, that's the power that you hold as moms and as dads. But just as damaging can be the harsh word spoken in response to something. Just as damaging could be something that would tear them down. That's, that's the value that you have as mothers. That's the value that you have as parents. Actually, everybody here in this church, that's the value that you have. As an adult, in these young children's lives. And and this is no disrespect to this church, but what I loved about this camp was that the children were a part of the camp. I've been to many churches where it's been children are seen, not heard. They're they're always considered a a tag along at the end. They're just connected to the end of whatever you're doing. What I loved at camp was the fact that the children were a part of camp. I saw Jeremy destroy a team in a game. (laughs) A team. A team. He took them on by himself with a rope, young fella standing on a milk crate, and he just just destroyed a team. (laughs) That was awesome because he was a part of the camp. You can see, look, if from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, we're told by Jesus, then what is the abundance of your heart that overflows into the lives of those around you? What is the abundance of the heart that your children see and are recipients of within your home? What, are the, what, what, is, what is the abundance that even here, even here, that the children receive from every adult when they walk past you? What do they see and what do they receive from you? For such an example, from your speech, from the way you dress, from the way you conduct yourself, from what you say, all of, that, all of those are wonderful opportunities for us to till the children's hearts to receive the beauty of the gospel. This is the huge privilege and responsibility that has been entrusted to you as mums and entrusted to us as adults within this church family. So, before I overwhelm you, mothers, even as you parents, with the hugeness of this calling, I want to encourage you with this. As difficult as it is to be a mum, don't give up. As hard and as struggling as it may be as you go from day to day doing the same routine over and over and over again, don't give up. As as hard and as frustrating, even as isolated and as disconnected as you may feel because you haven't been able to do what you used to be able to do, don't give up. Why? Because you're not alone in this. As alone as you feel, you're not. You've been given God's spirit. Look, He would never, God never gives to you that which you cannot handle if you trust in Him. We are told this within the scriptures. And which means this that as you've been blessed with children, it means that in His strength you can handle this. That in His strength, You can overcome this. This is but a small season of life that lasts maybe about 18 to 25 years. As your child just grows up and becomes more independent, whatever it might be, but it's only a season. And as that season goes through, you you get to see and see the fruit of God's working in their lives as well. It may not go exactly the way you want it, but we are told within the Scriptures, God gives us the spirit Zechariah four 4.6. It's not by, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And we are told in Philippians 4.13, what? That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God has given us his word, whereby his promises give hope and refreshing. John 14.27 says that. Acts 3.19 says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God has given you people in your life. He's given you a husband, given you friends, given you siblings, given you parents and grandparents, given you a church family, given you a community that you can lean on and be blessed by. So don't give up. For the blessing of knowing such basic truths as understanding your role and and understanding and embracing your individuality from Christ then Christ enables you to do the following two. This is my last point, and I won't take long on this. And that's in verse 7 to 12, which is this. You can stand with steadfast resolve as you go about your work for God. I'm just gonna read verses 7 to 12, and I'm just gonna sum up on this. We read this. John says, when he, John, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John here is calling out the religious leaders of the day. And laying it out for them. He had a job to do and it wasn't pleasing to everybody. It wasn't pleasing to everybody, but he went about what was pleasing to the Lord. Now, mothers, and you adhering to the word of God and raising your children in the ways of God, that is not gonna please everybody. But I do know this, that if you're faithful in doing this, it'll be pleasing to God. And holding a position of of, of diligence in your example and and the godliness of your conduct, of of raising them up in biblical values, it won't please everybody, but it will please the Lord. The resolve that you take for the love, because of your love for your children. Man, I have seen mums do some amazing things for the love of their children. When my daughter was in a hospital, I remember this quite distinctly, the amount of time Griselda spent just with my daughter. Day after day after day after day. I have seen my, my wife stay up, she's, I, I, she's what, 48, 48 to 72 hours with no sleep for her children. I have seen, I've seen my mum who had just, she had just, because we were very poor growing up, I mean, she, just, she just worked 24 hours in the same place. She just worked 24 hours, boom, so we could have. I have seen my mum, I remember my, time, my little brother, hey Frank, if you're watching, my little brother playing in a softball tournament and it was, uh, it was an in-club in, uh, competition tournament. So it was my, my little brother who was maybe the under-12s versus the, the Premier A team. And, um, and, and, and a guy, the first baseman, the first baseman knocked over knocked over my, my little brother as he ran to first base. And my mum charged him, just charged him who do you think you are? Bam. Like just, she just went off. She did the same for me when I was playing rugby once, playing first 15. I got late hit. I'm lying there, and my mum my ran onto the field, started yelling at the kid that, that late tackled me. And all of my friends were just standing around me just saying, just stay down, man. Your mom's going crazy. Just, just stay down there. And I'm just like, okay. And I just lay there while the ref and all the parents took this. I'm like, man, you hear people, like, whose mother is that? And I thought, okay, well, all right. But you see what happens? You see what happens? It's, there's this resolve, this resolve that for, for the love of your child. I pray that as parents, we have the resolve, the determination, the, the strength to have such an attitude so that our children will come to know who Jesus Christ is, that their eternal destiny will be secure in the hands of God. I pray that that will be our church as we look at this next generation coming up, that they would come to know who Jesus is. That's the value of mothers. This is the privilege that you have been given. This is the blessing that you are to us as children, to us as husbands, and to us as a church. This is the value you have as mothers. Embrace it, appreciate it, live by it. And I'm really excited to see what God will do through you and the position that you have that no one else will. The investment that you can have into your children's lives for the glory of God. So, with that, I'm going to close in a word of prayer. I will also give thanks for the meal. Uh, those at home, we're going to have a big feed now. You should have come to church. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to give thanks for the meal as well. And we'll just spend some time. Oh, a couple of rules. One, mums, uh, can I have a couple of the guys, guys, just set up some chairs uh, out the back there? Mothers, I want you all to take a seat. All right, just all take a seat. We have a whole bunch of, if your children aren't here, we've got singles running around, they can serve you today. So we've, we've got food, we've got things, we'll make you tea, but we want to be able to bless you, we want to serve you. I know it's only like half an hour after like the, the, the 364 days of the year that uh, you, you serve us, we want to serve you for one hour for today. It's not going to pay it back, but it'll make us feel better. So. So with that, so, so please, be. if you see a mother there that hasn't got anything to do or hasn't got any food, go and find out. All right, so we want to serve you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the example of John the Baptist. I thank you so much for the, the understanding of his role, and not only for just mums, but for us all, that we might understand our role that you have given us, the calling you have placed on each of our lives. And in so doing, Lord, the way you have made us, the the unique individuality that you've placed upon each of us that we will embrace and that you can move through, you can work through each of us and our personalities for your glory. I pray for mums that you will encourage their hearts. I pray that you will give them strength. I pray that you will give them wisdom as they continue to invest into the children that you have blessed them with. For us as a church family, that we too will be sensitive also to the lives that we have influence over that we might have a positive influence for the kingdom of God. So Father, we thank you so much we get to celebrate mums today. I pray we will not take them for granted, that we will truly appreciate the blessing and the gift that they are to us. For the food we are about to receive, we thank you that all things, all good things, every good thing comes from above. We thank you for the blessing of the food now. And as we spend time in fellowship, as we spend time having a coffee and and just talking with each other, may it be glorifying to your name as we are sustained physically, but also blessed spiritually as we fellowship with one another. So we ask you to dismiss us now. Thank you for today. Thank you for our mothers. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be so excited to do what we can to serve you, not only for today, but for all time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said... Amen.